Hey, welcome to this week's episode. So before we dive in with Alan, let's talk about this week's sponsors. So first of all, you've got the Outdoor Man. Head over to Instagram where all the merchandise is and grab yourself a t-shirt and help me push the show. All, all costs on there include postage. But second of all, if you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, which is really simple, really easy, especially through somewhere like Podbean, then head over to podbean.com and use the code OUTDOORBEAN and get yourself 10% off. So, like I said, this week's episode is with Hams, or with Alan, who works for Hams, uh, which is a land and management system online. Really simple tool, a really great effective tool. Um, I won't say too much because Alan introduced it a lot better than I do. So without further ado, let's go check him out. So uh, I'm Alan, uh, everyone knows me through the social media page and or through uh, doing sales for, uh, for Hams and I've been, with, I've been with Hams for two years, the company's been going for two and a half years. Uh, we launched out in Hungary, we had a kind of beta launch in Hungary and then we've rolled it out to other countries over the, over the following six months a year after that with lesser or greater degree of success. Um, and as I, as I was saying earlier, it's going it's going really well now. So we've just won the partnership uh, with Culture to manage their lands. We've, we provide an online portal for all their licenses. Um, and we've partnered with SLE up in Scotland, iSportsman in the US, hopefully with FASA in South Africa in the future. We're looking to uh, become, uh, get involved with FACE, the, the European Federation for Hunters. Um, and then we we have various partnerships with various kind of national organisations around Europe. So, um, and that's that's where we are. For those who don't know what Hams is, it's kind of a comprehensive online system to manage your habitat and manage your wildlife. You can pretty it really does. <clears throat> I have a bit of a cold by the way, so excuse me. But uh, yeah, so it, it pretty much does everything, uh, which has been one of the problems with marketing the system because people say you know it's very hard to focus on one thing that it does because it's kind of fairly all encompassing, but. You can manage your lands, check-ins, check-outs, online bookings. We have a hunt offer system, you know, shoot and hunt offers, which is free for, for sporting agents and uh, estates and syndicates, etc. You can manage your finances through it, trophy management. Uh, what else does it do? Security, trail cam management. Reduces wildlife crime, reduces poaching. Uh, it, it really does everything. I, it's, it's kind of really all-encompassing. If anyone's interested in finding out more, the best thing to do is there's a short, kind of short tour video on YouTube which you can find, um, which is about ten minutes long. That kind of gives you the key features of the system. If you're interested in finding out everything it does, it's about an hour and a half of uh, live tour, <laughs> which, puts, <laughs> which puts, yeah, puts some people off, unfortunately. But um, but it is you know the people who use it love it, so that's the important thing, and so it's doing its job in that in that respect. Yeah, that's good. Um, so how the hell did you end up with hams? How how because it's not something that's sort of I say not advertised, but you don't, yeah. especially with it being a new. When you joined, it was very new, mm. so it's it's very nichey to find that sort of job, I suppose. Really, yeah, it's uh, I, I mean it's um, uh, through no no talent at all. I'm uh, my background, yeah. I mean, I'm, so I'm not from a hunting background myself. I I have hunted and. Uh, 
and that's uh, but I, I'm not I'm not a hunter by trade I'm actually in kind of sales and business development I grew up in a kind of uh, in a forest my grandfather was a forest warden I grew up with my grandfather my grandparents um, and so I kind of I've always had a rural upbringing um, so I've wanted to work in this kind of area Imre one of the founders of Hams is actually one of my oldest and best friends um, and as the system was growing quite fast he invited me to to join the team there um, so that's that's pretty much the link I used to live out in Hungary uh, and uh, he, he's uh, the, our head office is in Budapest, so um, so yeah, that's how we know each other. I actually, yeah, he's one of my oldest and best friends. Uh, I always fancied keeping out that way. Um, oh, it's amazing. So actually, one of the other founders, he's uh, he's actually a gamekeeper, um, and uh, his his family, his father is, and his grandfather were gamekeepers as well. And so we actually have a the, the, we have an estate out in Hungary. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful country. The the landscape there's beautiful, and I think it's. Yeah, I mean, it's very different. The customs and traditions and the way that they kind of manage their hunting out in Hungary is very different. But I think, yeah, it's a beautiful country uh, for a number of reasons, including for that. <laughs> it's it's funny because it's sort of almost, it's very sort of traditional out there, isn't it? And very, mm -hmm. they hold on to their, well, the traditions, I suppose. I mean, we had yeah. some we had some guys come with a, with with the foxhounds when I worked for the foxhounds they came hmm. um, from France but and gave gave the, our packs from their French hounds and bits and pieces and uh, you know after we after the morning's cub in we you know they they had all the um, the horns and uh, whatever they're called and um, you know and, and it was it was such a bigger thing like traditionally rather than you know we blow the horn when we're out hunting and, and that's pretty much yeah. it where then yeah. it's more of a, definitely more of a lifestyle type traditional thing. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, the, the the traditions out in Hungary and in other countries around Europe, I mean, they're different, but uh, they're kind of very deeply entrenched in what they're doing, and they take them very seriously. And actually, that's a, it's an interesting point because the 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 social media page that we that we run, um, that myself and my colleague run um, on the Instagram and also on Facebook, sometimes we get tagged in images, and it's funny because although they might seem fine in one country and might not might seem fairly inoffensive other countries find them quite offensive things like showing a vehicle showing a harvest um on a vehicle for instance uh showing the back of a deer for instance some people find it fine and have no problem with it other countries find have an issue with it and this that's kind of part of you know that comes down to their traditions and the way they respect the animal uh differently in different countries and it's kind of interesting to see that i like that one of the things yeah. that we were keen to do with the system is I understand there's a kind of reticence to use technology because part of being in nature is kind of leaving that behind. And I feel very much like that myself as an individual. So I do understand that. And so one of the things with hams is that we've tried to make sure that it doesn't really affect those traditions. You know, if, you know, if anything, it helps to protect them. And we were keen to do that because what we didn't want people to see is think, ah, oh, you know, this is going to be the future and it's going to change the way we do things. And we've tried to design it in such a way that you can kind of use this, you can use which parts of the system you want to and not use parts you don't want to. And also it doesn't really affect those traditions. It kind of helps you, uh, helps you secure them, if anything. So that's been kind of an yeah, important thing for that, us. We've lost a lot of that in the UK, you know, it's mm. in laws in the last, well, what, since, since the hunting ban really, so since I was 18, yeah. you know, things have tra changed dramatically and, and, and yeah. unfortunately not for the better. And, and that's the reason why I started this podcast was because, you know, my daughter's not going to go and do the things that I used to do growing up because yeah. of the law and and things have changed. Mm. And you know, we we need to we need to hold on to a little bit of it because otherwise Definitely. everything's going to go. And it's a shame I, because it is a shame. I agree with that. Yeah, I, the UK uh, and specifically England is a kind of unique beast uh, when we talk about hunting uh, and field sports and shooting. Um, 
it's very from my own experience from talking to people in other countries the the uh, england specifically is, is kind of very different and the attitude is different and i think you're absolutely right like protecting our way of life and our traditions um is really important and i think unfortunately what's happening is that the these laws and decisions that are being made are being made because of public opinion which isn't very well informed that's my personal belief and uh, i think if people had a better understanding of of what we do and why we do it i think they would appreciate it more um, and i think there's a disparity between the perception of hunting and shooting in britain as uh, to the against the reality of it and i think that's uh, one of the problems that we face as a community yeah and, and there's a lot of people who don't understand it as well um mm -hmm. we need to it needs to be spread you know you've got the antis which are antis and that's fine you yep. can you know you can be against it as much as for it but then who's in the middle need to be told the truth mm -hmm. so they can make a, you know a, a judgment about it and that's exactly where this is you know where yeah. i'm coming from as it were yeah I, I agree with you yeah i completely agree with you and i think it's important i think what you're doing is important as well um yeah, I mean, I, was, I actually did a. I was talking to somebody else about this the other day, but um, the problem is one of the one of the many problems we face as a community is one, people aren't very well educated um, about what we do and why we do it, and two, another, there's many reasons, but another one is that if I, as I often see in the news and as I often see in the media, they'll, they'll put Chris Packham on and he'll show and whoever he or whoever else will show a cute a picture of a cute animal. And someone else will come on and the, the counter argument is they'll start to talk about the science and facts behind it. That's not evocative to people, unfortunately, that yeah. people like the cute animal and that's all they see. And they switch off yeah. beyond that. And then as soon as someone starts telling them, explains to them many reasons, whether it's economic or conservation, they've switched off by that point because they're like, cute animal. Yeah, yeah, they've gone. The other people are evil. Yeah. And that's it. So yeah, it's, kind yeah. of, it's not an easy argument. Um, yeah, so the thing, what you're doing and what we're trying to do and uh, trying to educate people about it, super important more important than ever i think so yeah yeah no definitely so that actually brings me on to the question that i was really wanted to ask so what mm -hmm. is shooting to conservation or are your views of shooting to conservation yeah it's a it's a it's a, it's a good question it's a, it's a big question as well um is it we're in a unique time at the moment because of the lockdown and the pandemic to see actually what's happening without hunting and shooting and actually what's happening is that uh, there are, I've, and I've looked at lots of studies about this and I'm no expert, but I've been reading lots of studies about it recently because of the work that we do. Um, and the truth is there are some benefits, but there are mostly negatives. No one's controlling predators. While, uh, you know, invasive species aren't being controlled or checked. Animals are moving into areas they shouldn't be moving into and fight and increasing kind of, you know, human animal uh, yeah, incidents like car crashes, things like that. You know, a close friend of mine uh, uh, narrowly avoided death. Um, I'm doing a Hungarian thing there uh, for good luck um, uh, through a collision with a with a deer. Um, and so, actually, what we're seeing is that we're seeing actually the studies showing the benefits of hunting and shooting to conservation, actually in measurable ways. And actually, one of the points of hams, and one of the things that we often say to people is that you know, by using hams, you can actually show, demonstrably prove, and show with numbers and facts and images and data and heat maps and everything else, what the benefits of shooting and hunting are. So yes, they, it's, uh, it's hugely important. Um, and I know a lot of people always talk about Kenya when this com uh, you know, conversation comes up or this topic comes up. That's a good example. I don't think you need to look at uh, to as far as Kenya you know, in Africa. I think you have examples around Europe. I think you have examples in England uh, that are you know, much closer to home that, that you can use. Um, and I think the pandemic's giving us uh, data and statistics uh, that show and prove this. Yeah, 
No, definitely. I I was just looking on my phone when you mm. were saying that because I put a post up on Instagram and it's on the, it's on the stories and I never saved it to my highlights. And it was in America about the money that goes like from the government straight to conservation. Yeah. And then from the hunting side into mm. conservation, and it was it was billions more. It was just an, an absolute just just for that alone the money that goes into it was was higher and that's you know just for one positive you know, yeah. stuff going back into the system you've gone very quiet suddenly then okay I hear you. oh sorry that probably might so <laughs> drop the microphone um so you know just that and then you've got one that one of my favorite ones at the moment and the rspb are coming round a little bit more now yeah. i think they're starting to realize that gamekeepers and gillies and stalkers actually know what we're talking about mm -hmm. shock horror <laughs> um and you know they've got they've got them um, their own moorland and bits and pieces and they're spending mm. thousands and losing species of birds and yeah. it, it's not you know, it's not regenerating itself it's not mm -hmm. you know doing the full circle and i think they're now starting to realize actually you know the one thing that gamekeepers can do is produce wildlife yeah but not just gamekeepers, well, in this case gamekeepers, but, you know, anyone who sort of manages any sort of form of land for, for wildlife, you know, yeah. can. Yeah, and yeah. and um, I think the penny's slowly dropping that if you persecute us and get rid of us, mm -hmm. we're going to be in a terrible state. Uh, definitely, yeah, absolutely. You're using, um, you're losing uh, generations of expertise and knowledge, um, and uh, I don't think people realise that. But you're absolutely right, yeah, I agree completely. Um, there was another point I was going to say as well, but that's gone. Um, yeah, I, I spoke to, I don't know if you heard it or watched it, um, I had done an episode with um, Blood Origins, which Robbie mm. Kroger over in, yeah. in the US, who does who Good does guy. a lot around the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was saying, that I hadn't looked at it, but I wanted to talk to him about the trophy hunt inside of things, because it's such a big thing at home, at, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the UK and Scotland um, with it. And, you know, I, I hadn't really sat down and thought about it. And he said, you know, it's not just your, you know, you, you take that stag off the hill. Mm -hmm. That person's paid a lot of money to shoot that stag. Mm -hmm. But not only has he paid the money to that, he's paid the money to the hotel, the bar, wherever he's eaten. He's flown there. He's driven there. You know, there's money gone into everybody's pocket from, from when it, that, that guy left his house to go and yeah. shoot that stag and go home again. Mm -hmm. And if things like that start to disappear, then... That's going to have a knock-on effect with the rest of the country, and I don't think people have, uh, well, people aren't seeing that whole thing. They, like you said, you know, mm -hmm. they put Chris Packham up on Spring Watch or whatever mm -hmm. it is, or oh, look at this lovely badger, or you know, look at this muntjac or whatever else mm -hmm. it is, but not actually, they're not, you know, it's a very, it's a very blinkered approach, unfortunately. Uh, it is, yeah, you're absolutely right. That was uh, a tangent. Sorry, I didn't mean to go no, on a tangent. No, <laughs> it's, absolutely, it's absolutely fine. That's how these things go. No, it's absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, I agree with you entirely. I mean. But going back to this, going back to the lockdown and something else that's kind of, you know, that it's showing us is, you know, whatever side of the divide you stand on, you know, the money isn't the money isn't being generated at the moment by that person going and traveling to Scotland or going to Africa to, to travel. Uh, that money isn't being generated. That money that would have been going towards a conservation effort that would have been going towards the pay of uh, anti poaching uh, kind of um, uh, programs and um, and unfortunately those things are happening so actually what, what we're seeing at the moment is an increase in poaching of endangered species because there's no one there to protect them the money isn't being generated to pay for the anti-poachers for the people to protect the very animals that people are saying that they want to protect the money isn't being generated and th those people that kind of claim to want to do that 
They don't put the money in. They're not putting any money into it. You know, as much as they might think that they are, they're doing the right thing. You know, if you if you look at Antis and Sabs, if I don't know what they, I don't know how much they generate for conservation. I would say zero. And if you look at how much hunting and shooting in England or in Britain uh, contributes towards conservation, I think it's about two hundred and fifty million pounds a year. It's you know, it's literally millions of days of conservation work purely spent on conservation. And if you look at the other side of the argument, however much they might want to say, you know, it's terrible what we're doing. They're not actually doing anything for conservation. They're not doing anything proactive for conservation at all. Um, no. Yeah, I, I think people will see that. And I think that, you know, again, this, I think the lockdown's given us a unique, uh, a unique situation in which we can actually see the effects of what's happening where we're taking that money out, taking out those activities from, uh, from, uh, from wildlife conservation and the impact it's having. I think, the one, I think the one good thing that's come from the lockdown is people are everywhere. And um, a lot of keepers are complaining about it, and rightly so, because private yeah. doesn't mean private in the UK. Like it, you know, Scotland got the right to roam and everything else, mm. and people just think they can do it down here. And to a degree, they can do because you can't really get rid of them unless it's aggravated trespass and yeah. all sorts of bits and pieces. But the one thing that it's doing is keepers are now got having to toe the line. So mm. hopefully, they're now going to stop doing the things we shouldn't be doing because you can't get away with it anymore. Mm. And hopefully, I know, like I said, you know, it's going to make keepers more and 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 well, anyone landowners in general more accountable for what's actually going on on their estates because they've got to be squeaky clean. And hopefully, yeah. that should. I'm hoping it has a positive outcome on the estates. Whether it will or not, I don't know because, yeah. like you know, there's still people. You know, you go on the internet now and you can you can soon find there's like one the keeper with the with the. The, the eagle owl and the, and the mm. killing the birds of prey or whatever it was that was not only a few weeks ago mm. um, and there was one beginning the first lockdown of a keeper shooting a buzzard um, in Kent so yeah. people are still doing it but I'm hoping yeah. with all the public about the keepers will start turning the line and that and that should hopefully in, 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 in turn people's opinions uh, should turn the, you know, the, the opinions back to sort of not our side as such but yeah. a, a, a more a more accountable and more approachable outlook yeah, I, I, that may be one benefit, definitely. Um, I mean, probably the, the only. Yeah, the, yeah, there's not many, sadly, <laughs> including my dodgy haircut. Um, yeah, I mean, the um, I would say I, I'd be I'd be keen to point out though those 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 keepers are the exceptions. You know, I think what happens yes. is when 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 somebody does something wrong, unfortunately, it it makes more of a noise than when you know if I go and do the right thing every single day and then I go out and do something terrible it's that one terrible thing that everyone talks about no one points out when you're yeah. doing the right thing no one's going around saying oh that keeper's doing a great job unfortunately they should be but they don't unfortunately when a keeper yeah. does something wrong you know it's suddenly make it's newsworthy and that's a, that's a sad thing but uh, yeah I would say they're the minority but yeah again I think with increased access at the moment and people roaming about where perhaps where they shouldn't be uh, the uh, there is a bit more accountability definitely yeah yeah, yeah. But, you know, as, as I said that about the keepers, you know, yeah. like, if one keeper kills a bird of prey, we're all mm. bad people. Yep. But Dr. Shipman killed all them people, but we don't yeah. worry about every doctor, do we? And it's yeah. like, how, you know, how does that work? Um, and it's, it comes down, again, it comes down to the Chris Packham thing again, I suppose, really, but... Yeah, it's, it's good. We just, just what, have to kill Chris Packham do. off, be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I... I I don't mind Chris Packham. I'm not so anti Chris Packham as uh, I don't know, some He's people. He's got are. a huge love. He's got a huge love for what he does. Yeah, I, d I don't. I don't. I mean, I think a lot of what he says is bullshit. But I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'd, yeah, I don't. I don't have any kind of strong feelings about him. To be honest, I meet people from every kind of. We we, we as an organisation and me personally, I've always tried to. 
I, I get quite a lot of vitriol on social media and you know and, and actually directly uh, sometimes because of what we do but um I always try to engage people in conversation and you know I've I've actually had some really good conversations with people who have been kind of who've considered themselves anti-hunting but without knowing any facts about it they've just de- by yeah. default that's what they've gone into um uh, and because everything at the moment is so binary I'm either pro or anti everything and we completely ignore the fact that actually quite often there's a big gray area in the middle where actually yeah. or the golden middle uh, which is actually the best place to be and I've actually had some good conversations with people who've been kind of fairly who've started off quite antagonistic and then ended up being kind of fairly friendly to me because because I try to talk to them and try to explain to them about things, um, and and that's kind of the stance I'm trying to take. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, just not, it's not always easy. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you just say about the, the like changing people's minds. I um, before I got with my my other half, I was mm. um, doing quite a bit of internet dating, and um, I never said on the profile what I'd done for a living. Yeah. And at that point, I was working with a foxhounds. So I'd meet somebody and we're chatting away and I would never sort of tell them what I'd done. They sort of always find it a bit odd. I think, look, just get to know me before I tell you what I do for a job. Yeah. I said, because you're going to, you're going to, otherwise you're going to draw up this picture mm-hmm. of what I am before actually you know me. Yeah. Um, and I am a human being at the end of the day. I'm not just a, you know, yeah. blood-wielding murderer. <laughs> um, yeah. And, um, and I sort of tried it a few times. You know what you do? So I told him, you know, straight away, slam, straight down. Oh, you're this, you're that, and just got mm. abuse. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not. And then, you know, like the others, I got to know them first, and like, this is what I'm doing. Oh, do you really? And it was more of an, I could, you could have more of an open conversation about mm. it. And I said, you know, be an anti, be whatever you like. Just don't yeah. judge me on that. Yeah. Just, you know. Um, but it's yeah, true. No, yeah. It's I think a lot of people in the community, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people in the community are kind of um, not too keen to advertise what they do um and uh, and that's the same not just in britain that's everywhere everyone i speak to i think you know a lot of people are kind of uh, reticent about telling people exactly what they do because of that reaction i mean people. i got bullied at school because of it because my dad was a gamekeeper i got bullied at school when i changed schools um i used to say my dad was a builder in the end because and it's and, I, and that's wrong and now i know it, you know now i, now yeah. I sit and I think about it i thought what was i thinking i should have been proud of it and i you know and i was hmm. but you know to be you know, kicked and punched and everything else because mm. what your dad does for a living, it's yeah. it's wrong and and that's um, ridiculous as well. Yeah, yeah. And so when I changed when I changed schools, I thought I might have a that again. Yeah, I do understand um, that. Now, I think a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people. Quite, I mean, I, where I live is super rural, so everyone's super. Everyone's really open about what they do around. Yeah, here yeah. Everyone's kind of very pro. Um, Hunting and shooting, uh, where I live. I mean, everyone around. I don't think anyone's anti-hunting or shooting around here. Not that I know of, anyway. Um, yeah. So everyone's super open about it. And, uh, you know, I bumped into a bloke walking down the street the other day. He said, he said something about hams. And I said, all oh, right. And uh, I, I didn't know who he was. I said, what did you do? He said, oh, I'm a gamekeeper. All right, fair enough. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, very open about it. That was uh, that was it's nice. It's nice. But uh, when I'm in when I'm in uh, if I'm in London, if I find myself in the city, then yeah, but perhaps slightly less open about it. To be honest, yeah, yeah, the grey man. Yeah, it saves, it saves it just saves a bit of grief. To be honest, in conversations, as yeah. you say, like just uh, hold it back for later once people get to know you a bit better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So plans, what projects you got coming up? Then we did speak briefly about it. Yeah, yeah. it's um, yeah, so, world I mean, domination. Well, domination. I mean, we'd love to see more people in the in England using it. It's the, the system's super popular in uh, Scotland. Uh, it's it's doing massively well in Ireland. Um, we don't we we have some estates in uh, in England that are using it, um, and we've spoken to organisations like you know Basque GWCT NGO uh, etc. I've given seminars uh, to the GWCT in the past. Um, 
So we'd like to see more activity here, but actually the, the system's growing kind of exponentially. We're, we're seeing lots of growth in other countries. We're hoping to translate it into French and German in the near future. Oh, I think it's already in German. Sorry, I apologize. Apologies, it's already in German. Um, but hopefully into French because we're seeing a lot of interest from there, into Spanish because we're seeing a lot of interest from there. We've got this partnership with Ice Sportsman in the USA. Uh, they cover all the military land across America and they're a great team. So we're already seeing lots of uh, benefits from partnering with them. As I say, hoping, hoping to partner with FASA in South Africa. And we're just going through kind of different uh, organizations in different countries and just saying, look, we're here. We, we produce a lot of anonymized data which can be useful for studies, which can be useful in showing you know, the benefits of what we're doing. We're hoping to partner with uh, FACE. Uh, they have a special name for it, but I just think of it as partnering with these organisations. But anyway, we're hoping to do some more work with them. Um, but yeah, the system the system's going the system's going well. If anyone's interested in finding out more, as I say, check out the YouTube video or get in touch, and we'll give you a live tour of it. You know, every we we do surveys of our users fairly regularly, and literally. You know, it's like 99.9% of responses to, you know, would you continue to use the system was yes. Would you recommend the system? Yes. And have you seen an increase in profitability since using the system? Yes. Uh, what else was there? It was a bunch of questions like that. And generally, you know, the feedback was just overwhelmingly positive. So we don't, we're, we're trying to avoid doing any kind of hard sales. You know, I don't, I don't pick up the phone and, you know, speak directly to estates and say, you know, you should be using this. Uh, mo mostly what happens is an estate will start using it and their neighboring estates will start using it. So it kind of grows like that. Yeah, like a virus. yeah. <laughs> I was saying a bit like a virus. World domination, yeah. told you. World domination. World domination. Ah, we hope so, we hope so. I mean, the benefits, we're trying to do what we can to benefit. We've added a jobs board, which is free for people to use to find rural yeah, jobs. Yeah, I saw that. We have, you know, uh, sporting agents use it. Uh, you know, they can list their hunt and shoot opportunities for free, completely free. That we don't make anything. That's not where we make our money from, so we don't care about that. Um, so, you know, people pay a, a subscription to use the system, um, and that's it. But you know, we're looking to in, uh, we're looking to include insurance in the future. We're, we're in talks to do that at the moment. So that's another benefit we're looking to add. What well, a bit like have... what Basques do in the NGO and. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. So, um, yeah, exact same thing. But we, we get asked by our users to, to do that. So generally, you know, we, we act on the feedback we get. So one of the feedbacks was, you know, it'd be nice because we pay a subscription that you provided that insurance that's uh, provided by other organisations. So we will we will look to do that in the future. We're in talks to do that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, there's lots of benefits to using the system. You get discounts with various brands that people like. There's loads of stuff like that as well. So, uh, but you know, check it out. It's it's all in all encompassing and global domination eventually, but not quite there yet. Yeah. But, uh, but it's going well. That's the important thing. So, oh, that's good. Thank you. Oh, yeah, and thank, thank you, you very and much. Thank you, yeah, and thank you for inviting me onto your onto your show. I really appreciate it. It's been nice to no, talk to you. Finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got there. Thank you. Got there indeed. <laughs> Again, I'd like to say a big thank you to Alan for taking his time out and chatting to me. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, don't forget to check out Podbean and don't forget to check out Outdoor Man on Instagram for your merch. But oh, not only that, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Outdoor Man podcast, either on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast and help me push the word. So yeah, till next time, catch you later. Bye.